Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 77. Yes, I can actually count of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hi, Tess. Hi, Allie. Okay. We are. We're here. This is really exciting. Um, first of all, it's exciting because with your context, I remembered that this was episode 77, and I want to give myself a pat yes. on the back because I'm not good with math, and I'm never good with numbers, and I don't keep track of things like that. And I didn't even remember. I asked you, but I also will say I need to give myself some credit that we were at the point where I was juggling all of these other things that we we're trying to figure out. So this is the first episode we're doing in a new recording platform with you formally having an actual mic and not... So excited. I'm going to use your reference that you taught me because I didn't know this reference before, Jen and Millie, but previously we were MacGyvering the heck out of the situation. <laughs> I was MacGyvering the heck out of the situation. And now we are in a more professional space of we recording are. both from our individual places. So I wasn't like routing your voice through a feed on my end. And I feel like it's going to be really great long term. I'm still going to have to figure some things out once this episode is done in terms of getting it in the right file format and being able to upload it, adding our intro music if possible. And yeah, then we'll. And you know, I think. For me, it's having a microphone is so different, and this is a legit microphone, so it reminds me of being in the in the um, radio station studio at Tone when I had a a radio show. So it's really hard for me to not want to tell you all about music and to say KDNE every once in a while. So if I do that accidentally and subconsciously please forgive me listeners i'm also excited because we do have such dedicated listeners that i think have been so patient with our sound Mm -hmm. over i mean i know my friend katie listens and she's listening i know she's listening when she's working out and i always think about her on the um on the elliptical and all of a sudden there's some background noise that she's probably thinking ouch or what Mm -hmm. what is going on so i'm excited about it i'm also excited because episode 77 we've learned a lot here and I just had a conversation about this what would we hear if we listened back to our episodes what would you notice what future casting were we doing Mm. the synchronicity and serendipity and the knowledge that we don't always give ourselves credit for Mm. I think you would hear the wisdom I think you would hear the strength spotting, I think would be really clear. But also when I listen back, as you know, I always do, I hear clarity and maybe a little bit more affirmation in the words that I'm sharing are things I need to hear again Yeah, absolutely. because I probably say them because I need them too. Mm -hmm. And then also just the growth and the um, evolution of Jen and Millie, which Mm -hmm. started as a lot of things were funny. We were pretty funny. And then, <laughs> then all of a sudden, I think of myself as funny. <laughs> yeah, we're funny. I'm funny. <laughs> funny. Just so my kids are listening. I'm funny. Lauren always says, don't try. But I think what we, we got super solemn in a whole life series yeah. of events that have led us to where we are now. And I mm-hmm. think there is a little bit of excitement for what this could be like with this new technology, but also that we're, we're going to continue to do this no matter what. Absolutely. And we've adapted tests. Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be best if we get to do this in person. Yeah. Um, just as a little teaser, Hannah, our marketing coordinator is very excited about the new Be Live um, technology that we're going to be use, utilizing with Facebook Live, and there could very well be a Jen and Millie Live coming your way. Oh, I know Tess is really excited about that because her adaptability <laughs> loves when I say, and this is what's coming. I hope you're ready. Yeah. Because she. Yeah, so Allie moves to a new state and she's like, oh, by the way, I ordered like an actual podcast mic so I can use one too. And I said, oh my goodness, I don't think you understand the ramifications because now I have to figure out how to move our feeds together simultaneously to record. How do you know that I am not going to be like singing karaoke, utilizing this microphone and putting it on YouTube? How do you know that I'm not capable of that? 
um, because I know you. <laughs> also, I think you may know that my singing voice is not so great. Um, I think it's pretty great. I have witnessed it on one rare occasion that I have um, seared into my brain. And you don't remember oh. this, and I don't think it's the most appropriate to talk about on the podcast, even though the abuse and opinions expressed are that of ours. But I do have one. It was when we went to see my brother at that. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my brother, Jeff, is a musician, and we went to see him live. Yeah. Yep. I remember. It was, it was on the way. You were singing Brandy Carlisle at the top of your lungs. and it was... If you're lucky enough to be in the car with me ever, <laughs> and it's in that kind of setting where I'm like screaming Brandy Carlisle lyrics, I'm just going to sing my heart out. Yeah, so, um, Allie, it was definitely a top 10 moment of my life. <laughs> Seriously. I never thought in a million years I would ever hear you sing or be that like free <laughs> in and of yourself. And oh. it was, it was absolutely wonderful to witness. So I am very appreciative of that moment. <laughs> we are going to dive into this next time. Not this time, but I am taking a writing class where I am naming my muse. And that is an example of when my muse yes. is out. Oh, the inner so rock star yep. in me was released. And so you got to witness a muse moment. Yes. I love we it. Should all, we should all be so... So lucky to witness Muse moments in others, but also um, I'm going to, we're going to talk further about this, not this time, but we're going to talk further about this, mm-hmm. um, naming your Muse, allowing your parts to be named, allowing that inner child to play, allowing some healing. We're going to talk about that, but not this episode, this Another episode, forecast. I want to lift up such a great phrase uh, that we overuse. I want to lift this up. <laughs> I want to lift up, actually, I want to mention, we have some great listeners and we have some very dedicated listeners, but we have some of the most thoughtful listeners who hear what we're saying and they take the time to email us and say, this is what I heard on this episode. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to reflect on number one, that how important that is to us and how meaningful that is. But it also says to me that people are taking what they're hearing and they're actually applying it, which is for both of us with high learner, that's what we want to have happen. Mm -hmm. But I really want to recognize your response and something that just stood out to me as I was reading this email reflection when you were talking about aiming strengths. Mm -hmm. And I think here we are at the close of 2020. We are headed towards a new year, thankfully, and so many things to look forward to Mm -hmm. and be hopeful about. Also, I want to give you a little heads up. I'm going to ask you at the end of this episode, if you were to choose your word of the year again, would you have chosen this word? And so a little precursor, give you some time to think. And then also I've heard from someone recently that they may repeat their word. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious as to whether or not you would choose that. So those are some questions to be pondering for later. But I want to talk about name, claim, aim, specifically around aiming strengths. Yep. So one of our um, most dedicated listeners that we always love hearing from is Tony and Freeman. And um, he is um, the FFA advisor um, and a teacher there and an incredible strengths champion and advocate. And he is also a regular listener of Jen and Millie. And I always look forward to his responses because with his strengths, they're very thoughtful. Um, they're very thorough. And I just always, I feel like he reflects on them better than I ever could if I listened back to our episodes afterwards, besides beyond just a sound check to make sure they were of, of decent enough quality to listen to. And so I always look forward to hearing his reflections. And he asked this question in a follow-up email last week from our last episode, or it was kind of a continuation of the conversation from our last episode. Um, and he really asked the question about aiming strengths, that um, mm-hmm. they, they are a strengths-based school district, Freeman Public Schools is, and so they do a lot of strengths work with their students, with their staff, and it's just incredible. I know we had a whole episode where we just talked about Freeman Strengths Day um, and, and how incredible it was to be there. And so um, you can definitely listen back um, to that, and I'm sure we've mentioned them multiple times on the podcast before but he really asked the question he said a lot of the work that we do is about naming and claiming and so how do we get students to move into the aiming stage um and yeah i don't know where you want to go from conversation there so whether you are whether you're a strength-based school district whether you are um a strength-based learner whether you know anything about gallup strengths at all 
what I think this conversation lends to is what we're currently dealing with as we reflect upon, you know, this incredible year that has been, but how you aim yourself for success. So whether that's with your strengths, with your values, with your expertise, with your wisdom, with your life experiences, whatever that looks like, I don't know that we spend enough time thinking about how we can use what is within to aim for success. Before we go any further, I want to apologize for the planes because I can hear them. And if I don't acknowledge that I can hear them, it's going to bother me later. If I was thinking about this test, when would be a good time for us to record? You know, maybe four o'clock in the morning, but then you'd be hearing all the geese. So there's either planes or geese, but it is so quiet and peaceful here. I do want to mention that other than the occasional flight pattern. So I want to read what you responded to in regards to Tony's question around aiming. Because Tess, you are... Professor Tess, you are a very, very gifted teacher when it comes to strengths. And sometimes in this busyness and the weirdness of 2020, I read a lot of emails. Don't we all? Mm -hmm. And as I'm, as I was reading this response, this was so profound to me because we don't spend the time or the thought or the conversation around aiming our talent. And I think In 2020, a lot of us have been focused on what we're not getting right or what's not going well Mm -hmm. and hopelessness. When this really speaks to how do we aim our inner knowledge, our inner being, our soul work, our heart work, our talent, Mm -hmm. and how do we say this, this is what we can do with this. So I want to read this. This is coming from Tess based on a question that Tony had regarding aiming. As far as your question regarding aiming strengths, that's a tough one. Aiming is most certainly the hardest of the three steps. We tend to name and claim until we're blue, but aiming is a bit more difficult. I generally teach people to aim by asking the same question, which can be varied depending on the situation. What challenge are you currently facing? What strength could you aim for success? This can be altered to say, what are you currently dealing with? Which relationship is struggling? What is going on in your life? Aiming is the intentional step of pointing our strengths towards what's to come. Unlike claiming, which has a plethora of resources to aid us, aiming is simple, yet it takes time and attention. Bringing this to mind, this question for students will be essential. I don't think it's just essential for students. I think it's essential for all of us. So I hope when you hear your wisdom being spoken back to you, you you sit in that a little bit and in your talent. But I loved the way that you said, when we think about aiming them, a lot of times people are thinking about aiming a strength for success only. Like, how do Mm -hmm. I get this goal? Instead of thinking about what challenge am I currently facing in, or or what situation, what am I dealing with? Mm -hmm. So let's practice Mm -hmm. this a little bit. Um, I do want to, I guess, kind of give a little bit more context, there you go, strengths about me, um, to uh, this conversation um, as well, because I was um, coaching somebody a couple weeks ago, and um, this particular person has really high achiever, high discipline, like strengths where this person always seems to do things well and be able to accomplish a lot. And so when I think about the initial question that I generally ask is what challenges are you currently facing and which of your strengths could you aim for success or, or to deal with those challenges? But I reframe the question for um, for them because I realize that this person based on their strengths probably does not encounter a lot of challenges. I think it's high learner too. Like, so the ability to like just deal with whatever comes comes mm-hmm. very naturally to them. And so I said, hey, how about we like shift how we think about the, the aiming question to just say, what's going on in your life? Like, tell me about what this week looks like, right? And where are the pockets of opportunity to apply your strengths in a meaningful way? And so, you know, it, that's what it takes. It takes time and attention. And it seems so simple. And that is not reductionistic. That's what aiming is, right? When, when Kurt Liesfeld talked about the name claim aim model, He renamed it um, to say, uh, learn, love, and live, right? Mm -hmm. You learn to love, you learn, you learn about your strengths, right? That's the naming. You learn to love your strengths, which is the claiming, and then you learn to live with them, right? And that seems like um, it's, I think, a beautiful iteration of the name claim, aim, learn, love, and live. And, but the living part is like the not so 
romanticized view of strengths, right? Absolutely. Like the, the learning to love your strengths is the area that we tend to focus on. Um, and, um, and that's the area that um, we just spend a lot of time on. Like I said, we name and claim, especially claim until we're blue in the face. Like we can do that over and over and over again. And we love to talk about strength spotting, but strength spotting really is a claiming activity, right? And so yes. the, the not so romanticized view of strengths, the not so um, uh, fun maybe and catchphrasy and beautiful form of strengths is learning to live with them is learning to say, here's what the monotony of my life looks like, or here's what every day looks like. Here are the simple tasks that I have to accomplish or the difficult tasks I have to accomplish. And how can I intentionally, proactively figure out how I can apply my strengths in those areas for success or in the dumpster fire of 2020 just to get through the day, right? Like how can I lean on my strengths? It doesn't necessarily need to be um, for for this grandiose idea of I'm going to come in first or it's going to be super successful. Maybe it is like I'm just struggling right now. And so I need to get through the day and I need to get through the day. The way I can do that is by applying my strengths meaningfully. One of the things that I think we do well here and maybe we do well as um, individuals is being vulnerable in the space of not getting things right. And I, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, I think that's probably why we have people to listen. They know we're not going to be perfect. They know that we're probably going to talk about struggle. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been, if you do listen back and you hear some of the joy and the laughter and the fun part, it was because we hadn't really gotten into this piece of it. Mm -hmm. So we can spend a lot of time naming and claiming. And I think that's important that you do because that's where we start to own the balcony and basement. I do want to drill this down in a way that doesn't necessarily use strengths language. So if you're listening and you don't know the name, claim, aim process, or you don't know your top five Gallup strengths, that you still can resonate with this. Mm -hmm. It's essentially owning that each and every one of us are struggling, that there is a struggle point and that that is humankind. That's, that's growth. That's growth mindset. But I think in the aiming for success, we get caught up and it has to look like what this beautiful, successful moment looks like when actually it's in the struggle that we're more often aiming our strengths. Absolutely. I think for me, especially taming them Mm -hmm. is where I can aim them in a more meaningful way. So the last few weeks for me have been a lot of taming my communication and empathy. Mm. My heart feels are at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. Um, Heartache, heartbreak, heart, 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 which was funny because when we went to set up the microphone, Tess was like, hey, where's, you know, you need to adjust this setting. And she's like, it's the heart icon. And I'm looking and I don't see it. I think it, like the one that looks like a butt. I don't even see. And it's, Heart is so, so me. Mm-hmm. It is so me. It has always been me. But I've been learning to use my communication instead of maybe out loud feels, doing a lot of writing, mm-hmm. a ton of writing, a ton of reflecting. And that's where I'm aiming my strengths in a meaningful way. But it's not to hurry up and get to success. Yeah. Yeah. It's to sit in the struggle and the learning and the actual ownership of whatever the struggle is Mm -hmm. so that I can get to a point of acceptance Mm -hmm. and be able to use that as a guidepost for what this is supposed to be teaching me. Mm -hmm. Instead of assuming success has to look like this end result that I've fantasized or this end result Mm -hmm. that I have glorified, that it's actually to sit in the struggle and recognize that this is where the real learning comes. Mm -hmm. And if you skip it, you will never get to that place of growth if you skip the struggle, if you skip the challenge. You just can't get to that place of growth. Yeah, and I love that. And, you know, I always love that you insert taming as well into the name, claim, aim process. Uh, I think it's um, something to be aware of of when your strengths are being dragged into the basement or you're using them in an overboard capacity. Um, I am going to push back because, you know, I love to do that because Mm -hmm. the example that you gave at this point in time is no longer an aiming example. That is a claiming example because you've now reflected upon the ways you've used your strengths Mm. in the past. 
right? So technically you now have moved into the stage of claiming. Aiming is present and future focused only, right? Because in the past you can no longer aim because the event is over, the day is over, the task is done and completed. Aiming is consistently present and future focused. And so we can reflect on the ways that we applied our strengths in the past, but that's not technically in the developmental stage of aiming, right? Which is, <clears throat> excuse me, it so, so struck me, I got caught up. <laughs> that's also very poignant for me, for you to point that out, because that's where I stay stuck. Mm-hmm. Right? We can claim till our faces turn blue. And you and I uh-huh. are the claiming queens, right? If there were so, if there was such a title. We love to do that, right? And it's fun. And it's the exciting part of strengths. And you're talking to someone with the number one strength of context. So if I could live my life in reflection, I would, right? If I could mm-hmm. sit in that stage forever, I would. And that's my default stage, right? But that's why it takes intention and it takes time to move to the aiming stage, right? Because mm-hmm. it's easier to say, what have I done the past day? What have I done the past week? And where can I see my strengths in action? The real task and the real like effort, right? That's why I said like, this is a tough one. This is a tough question because it's, it's the most simple stage, but it's the hardest to execute, right? Because it forces us to look towards what's to come and be intentional about the ways we are going to apply our themes and then keep ourselves accountable to that, right? So like technically you can ask that question of what challenges are you currently facing or what's coming up in your week and where are the areas you can see potential for using your themes, right? But then you must activate that. You must execute that, right? You must Mm -hmm. take the step to actually do that because once again, if you say this is what I'm facing or this is what's coming up and this is how I'm going to apply my strengths but you don't actually do it, you're still talking theoretical. And the beautiful element of strengths is that it is practical. It's pragmatic. It affects what we do every single day and how we do what we do. And so that's where, once again, aiming, you know, it's simple, talking about what's to come and then applying it. But we also need to keep accountable to that, right? And that's what I love about something like Jenna Millie, something like our complimentary partnership is we have this built-in community of strengths supporters and strengths champions that you can have a built-in community of um, of accountability partners when it comes to aiming your strengths. But again, it takes intention and it takes time to do so. I think the writing course that I have enrolled in is an example of aiming my strengths. Yeah. Agreed. It requires a lot of my awareness, but also it requires me to aim communication in a very different way than what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. So I write and then in that moment, in that safe container space that we have in this classroom via Zoom, I I share my writing. And I share my writing in a way that um, Wu says, someone is going to not like this. And so aiming my Wu in a way and my empathy in a way to say, I shall encourage others mm-hmm. is how I'm choosing to actively aim that strength in a different direction than I've used before. That's good. I love that. And I actually think that that's a great example to parse out each of these three steps, right? So the naming part of understanding what your themes mean makes you aware of the fact that something like a writing course is going to benefit your learner your input, your communication, right? You're in a class with other people that you have share outs for. So that's understanding and leaning into your empathy. Um, Your strategic might say, gosh, this is a better conduit for this because I could write on my own, but having a structured way of learning and processing might be more helpful, right? So all of your themes and the content of the class too, which we'll get into next time is so your connectedness, right? So each of your themes, like understanding what their basic definition and long definitions are, that naming part, probably lent you um, to the fact that you knew that you would benefit from a class like this or you'd enjoy it, right? The claiming part is taking a look like you already have done and said, this is the way that I have used my strengths in the class in the past. Aiming then is saying, my class that's coming up on Monday, Mm -hmm. how can I 
lean on my strengths in a different way? How can I tap into strengths I haven't tapped into into the context of this class? Um, who is maybe a person in this class that I've really benefited from sharing with? And maybe could I connect with them more intentionally during this next class time or outside of this next class time? Um, you know, so taking a look at one situation like that, right? Like we parse out these three steps and it's important to know what they each mean and how we use each of them, but it's not a linear progression. And that's something right. that I want to emphasize, right? Is that we continually need to go back to the naming and claiming stage, right? It's not like when you get to Amian, you're there, check mark, right? You've accomplished your strengths development. No, strengths development is our lifelong journey and it really is cyclical in nature. That when we get to the point of aiming our strengths intentionally, wonderful. That's, you know, is the epitome of that process. But in order to continue aiming successfully, we need to jump back and say, okay, remind me of the definition of this or what is an explicit action item that Gallup recommends um, for somebody with this theme and maybe what's, what's one that I could pick that I could use. Um, and then the claiming to say, right, if we get so much into the aiming, we don't understand how the intentional application of that strength did benefit us or did not benefit us, right? If you tried to intentionally apply a different strength in a meaningful way, it is not necessarily going to guarantee success. Maybe it wasn't the right strength for that context. Maybe it wasn't the best strength in partnership with the other people on the team you are working with. Um, okay. Maybe it actually got in your way of being more successful or getting something done, right? So so the reflection, right, claiming and aiming, I think have this are like two sides of the same coin, right? That when you when you aim intentionally your themes, you also need to take the step to reflect on that aiming process, which then that's actually the claiming is the reflection on the aiming. Um, because right. you know you're you're taking a look at how that application went, what went well and what didn't, in order to gather more, like my brain is always thinking thinking about, right, about data, about information collection, right? So in my mind, it's like your, you know, aiming is a technical hypothesis, then you activate on that hypothesis, right? And then claiming is the gathering of evidence that either confirms or denies what your, you know, assumption was regarding what was going to happen. And then that allows you to tweak the variables so that next time you do that same process, right, you can say, okay, this didn't quite go exactly how I imagined, right? So I'm going to tweak this a little bit and see if I yield different results through that process. And so it really like, we're focusing on aiming, right? But they all work so much in tandem they together, do. right? They do. And I think the nuances of not necessarily just a different strength, but the nuances of a strength that you are see, seeing, feeling, experiencing in a mm -hmm. different light, or the way that someone else reflects a strength in a new light that you haven't seen before. Yeah. That can really shift the claiming piece, which For leads sure. to more aiming in a more mm -hmm. intentional way. I also think that although there is so much value in the understanding of the of the themes, um, of the ways that they show up, we cannot discount the way that values and experiences and our our growth and our mental health and our physical health and our overall well-being affect these at any given moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any given moment that it can just take these completely, you can be doing great work and name claiming and something comes and it just shifts everything. Mm -hmm. What I'm learning about myself through writing now in a different context is that there are so many layers of life experiences. Um, and we've talked about this many times here, trauma. Um, when we, we designed our house, we've we actually do a lot of therapy exercise work here, no, <laughs> unintentionally. But I, what happens is when you start to look at those layers or those experiences and how they've shaped you, you cannot unsee that. Mm -hmm. And once that is illuminated, it gives even greater power to the name claiming. So I am learning so much through the soul work that I'm doing around the impact of losing my dad at age five, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Something that I really do not give a lot of um, maybe power or credit to because I'm like, you know, every, we all go through losses in life. We all have gone through different mm -hmm. stages and recognition of grief and, and different traumas. And what I'm coming to understand is at that very formidable age, which we all have moments in our formidable age youth, 
how strongly that impacted my narrative and therefore shaped a thousand different experiences, decisions, subconsciously, consciously. And it has become a really powerful tool for me to better understand others that every single person has a formidable moment, traumatic, joyous, all those different things that then shape name, claim, aim. They shape how your strengths show up. They shape values. They shape the way that people show up for a meeting. And we tend to look around and think this person is just grating under my skin or they are not doing what I wish they would do or they are not responding the wish the way that I wish they would. Yeah. And if we take the time to think about all of those factors, it kind of goes back to the question that Don Clifton posed, which is what would happen if we focused on what was right with people. Mm-hmm. And if we made the assumption of positive intent and if we approached each individual knowing that they have such a unique, let's Brandy Carlisle this story, <laughs> circle makes the square, that we would approach the world differently. I, I've been doing some great coaching and hearing people just for the first time coming into this knowledge of their strengths mm-hmm. and the recognition of the uniqueness of others and their joy about, oh my gosh, this could change the world. Mm-hmm. If people recognize that one in 33 million unique, Tess is going to show up to a meeting not trying to piss me off. She's showing up to a meeting being her best self. Yeah. And what an understanding that is. Mm-hmm. For me, high connectedness, high empathy, that comes easy. Yeah. For people who have you know higher analytical or maybe even higher deliberative or higher context or themes that are in my lesser talents, that doesn't maybe come as easy. Or their view or how they get to this mm-hmm. is a really, really different path. It takes me a long time to get information, receive information, and then come all the way around to accepting it. Mm. And recently I've had a, a great experience with that, that I can be very hypocritical. I can be very judgmental. I can be very manipulative because if I don't hear what I want to hear, I will take 5,000 different ways to try to change that outcome. (laughs) When I finally get to the point of accepting the information that's been provided to me, it's, it's, it settles in here, settles in my heart, settles in my soul, but I take a long path to acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I think that Strengths has helped me to better understand that, not just knowing my own strengths, but recognizing the strengths of others, but also recognizing that these can show up in the basement. A basement of strategic is manipulation. Yeah. A basement of input is over-questioning. Um, a basement of woo is why don't you like me? Um, mm-hmm. You know, these basement moments that we don't always want to talk about where that struggle may be, really can help us to get to that place of using these as something we can aim. So I want to come back to my initial question that I planted in your head Mm -hmm. in that big circle back, Mm -hmm. big circle also back. I did not want to accept 90% of this year. Unwilling to accept, stayed stuck, fought it, um, almost to a total detriment of my career. And a lot of personal relationships, I think, have been affected by my inability to accept things. Mm -hmm. And so if I was to look back on 2020 and reflect on my word of the year, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of cheesy. I would choose choice again. I would totally choose choice. It's shown up in all these different ways. Would you choose hope? I think I like the concept of this question, (laughs) but I... I don't really time out time out I'm gonna pause you I'm gonna pause you I want you yep you are I want you to answer from your absolute gut right now well I mean it's an obvious yes but I think the question in and of itself is a little bit odd because I couldn't I could never have anticipated what was going to happen in 2020 so if I were to go back to when I chose hope right and 
from my perspective, I don't believe I chose hope. I believe hope came to me, right? Oh, and that was reiterated within um, within prayer, within my spiritual life. Like, So I don't think I had a choice at all. So I don't know that I could choose a different word because the word came to me. Your right? word um, chooses you. Your word chooses you, yes, in my opinion. Beautiful. Um, and so at least from my experience. And so, but also like I... You can't not, and and here's my context, right? Like the question in and of itself does not make logical sense to me because I can't divorce myself from a timeline, right? We are here at the end of 2020. So I can't not unexperience all that I've experienced in 2020 to put myself back in the end of 2019 shoes to understand my perspective as to what I will encounter and then consequently re decide if I want decide if I want to do hope again which I don't even think it's my decision so I'm like I I get it's a fun and theoretical question but it's so out there theoretically because we're tied to a timeline of the year and the date and everything that I can't not and if you go back to the physical moment and you can go back to the recording too does that not seem a lifetime ago when we were sharing our word of the year? When you guessed my word of the year, I still cannot believe that. And you were like, well, it can't be something as simple as hope. We should do I, that again. I don't know about you, but I have I am word. so word much more. I am so much more of an intuitive than I give myself credit yes, for. I really, I fight it. I do. I fight it. I, I, I don't accept it, but I mm-hmm. definitely am. But think about, I mean, that seems like a lifetime ago. It does. Yeah. We were sitting across from each other. In the physical office of TV. And I'm pretty sure I'd just gotten back or we had just gotten back from some massive travel. I mean, I just remember being kind of road weary, like I'd been on the road a bunch. Um, but, or maybe I left that time frame and then went on the road, but Mm -hmm. I just think about the physical exhaustion that I feel from having experienced this entire last year Mm -hmm. and how many people feel that physical exhaustion. So I would choose choice again because it showed up in all of these ways that I could not have possibly even imagined. When I chose choice, I had no idea I would be here. Mm. And this is probably one of the most independent, freedom-based, strong, massive, huge choices I've ever made in my life. But if you were pointed towards 2021, would you repeat? Would you ever think of repeating your Mm. word of the year? Actually, I um, have highly thought about it. Um, And um, actually in, you know, when I finally was like, oh my gosh, we're almost at the end of the year. I need to like see if, you know, open myself up to to the possibility of an intention for 2021. Initially, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't feel like I'm done with hope yet. And um, there are no rules. There are no rules. But also when I took some time, because for me, it wasn't necessarily a, um, I guess, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily like a lack of like the decision making about like creating a list. I know like your input, right? Like creates a list of all these words that have come to you and then you filter through them, your strategic filters through to find the right one, right? You have a notes section on your app. I'm well aware. I know you, Allie. Um, <laughs> um, I've seen the list in prior years, but for me, it's um, pausing in my life enough to open myself up from my perspective to God, to the eternal, to my higher being, to say, what what is it that I feel drawn to to focus on for what's to come? And um, I had not given myself the space to do that. My life has been way, way, way full. And so when I finally did, right in the back of my mind, I was always like, I'm still way on hope. Um, like that's still such a big presence. And usually by the end of the year, my word trickles off a little bit and I'm open to the next word. So at first I was like, oh, it must be I must need to continue in hope for 2021. But when I finally took the time to pause and open myself up um, to the divine to ask what was the intention, um, I near immediately received it, nearly immediately. And so um, I do have my word for 2021 and it is not the same as 2020. Oh, good. I have, you know, as you know, a list and I have some in the running because I do... I love that you said a word chooses you, and I believe that my word is going to choose me based on the words that have come to me. Mm-hmm. I also choose a word daily, and that has been helpful for me too. I mean, spot the communication there and input. Yep. But I've been writing it down because oftentimes when I when that word comes to me in morning meditation, it then shows up all day long. But it also gives me, you know, back to aiming. Mm-hmm. It gives me a point of reference to say, are you using this word today? 
Are you applying this word today? Are you applying what meaning you've received from this Mm -hmm. message today? And are you really using it with intentionality? I think you and I are, you know, deeper souls who uh, would choose a word of the year, deeper souls who will discuss it in an open public, which, you know, (laughs) overwhelming nauseousness when I think about that. When I think about how many people listen, I also am so deeply grateful for that Mm -hmm. because that vulnerability is so Mm -hmm. real. And I know that so many people are walking around not feeling like they can be vulnerable or feel safe or feel heard or feel acknowledged. And if what we seem to hear back is that people feel heard. And it's hard to create a safe container in this virtual space. But yet what I hear from people is it's like I'm sitting with you and chatting with you. My friend Annie just recently found out that we were doing a podcast and she's been listening and she's like, it's like having a conversation. (laughs) And that's what we want this to be is a safe place where people, meaningful conversations, that's what we do. We've brought, we've illuminated the differences, but also created a safe space where you can talk about those differences. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. I do want to give a teaser for next time. I'm going to talk very specifically about it has been tremendously joyful for me and I needed some joy in my life to start this writing class. Mm -hmm. I want to share some of the things that I've learned about that and some things I think will be really applicable to people who might want to do some deeper excavation and learning about yourself. Um, Mm Self-awareness is tremendously underrated. I like to believe that I know myself, but I am not anywhere close yet. I'm still learning. I'm better at technology than I'm at knowing myself. <laughs> no, um, I would fundamentally disagree with that. <laughs> not the fact that you're not, you're, you're better at technology, you're learning, but you know I'm yourself well, Allie. You need to give yourself credit because you've been doing this work a lot longer than most people have to learn and uncover who they truly are and live within that. So you need to give yourself credit for that. Um, give but me I the look, big eyes that you can't see. I know you are. Listening. I know you are. That's what Sean would <laughs> yes, say. Don't yes. give me the big eyes, mom. I but I, I look this, back. Yeah, it's a deep well, right? Learning yes. who we are. And yes. we need to keep digging, digging and keep, to use your word, excavating. But you have done a lot of the work to uncover some of the first layers of that, the initial layers of that. But you're right. It's a whole lifetime of work is uncovering who we are. So my personal blog that I write is called Alleology mm-hmm. for the reason of learning to be mean. I don't think that has a starting point or a stopping point, but yeah. I'm learning that I have these stories within that I can share that maybe resonate and, and maybe don't, but I share them as a way to reflect on my own growth. Yeah. So I do want to give a teaser that I do want to talk specifically about that. And I'm going to push you to name a muse. Yes. Also, I would like questions prior I know. Not questions I know. at the beginning of an episode Sorry. to answer by the end of the episode. Um, I would like to request, <laughs> and I would say it would honor my strengths, is to give me questions at least a day in advance I so promise. I can percolate on them. Thank I you. I promise. I promise. Um, okay. I do want you to start thinking about naming a muse. I think that is important um, and and such great learning from that. But also, I I have experienced... Although a lot of challenge this year and some big struggle when I think back to you and I having the discussion about hope and about choice. We both were in a place of deep contemplation and and some hard stuff. I have experienced more magic in this past year, which I've not talked about a lot here or even out loud to very many people other than my tightest of tight circles. I have experienced more magic this year than I could have ever, ever predicted. And I plan to write about that in a meaningful way, but even start to share about it in a meaningful way because mm-hmm. I think I was so centered on what wasn't, didn't feel like success mm-hmm. that I forgot to really own and be grateful for the magic. I love that. I love that. So I do want to wrap up our conversation though with um, each of us answering the question quickly because we're 45 minutes already we love to just chat we haven't done this in a while and it's a new space Um, so so what is one thing you're currently facing and what is one opportunity to apply a strength in that situation (laughs) 
I don't want to answer this. It's hard. Okay, so says the person who said, this is a great vulnerable space and yes, a safe container. Yes. And yeah, I can go first if that's helpful. Would that okay. be helpful? All right, okay. that would be helpful. Okay, um, so I think the example that came to mind for me is that we are doing some major systems reset in the teammates portal. And um, we have had to, from a claiming perspective, um, I've applied a lot of my strengths to do testing to figure out the best way to go about doing that. And so I think from an aiming perspective, a lot of the reset will happen tomorrow evening um, when everyone's kind of offline and no matches are meeting within the portal. And I think from my perspective, I really need to use um, and apply my strategic in that setting. I think it's going to be a natural place for my strategic, but I think also I want to intentionally pair it with ideation because I'm trying to anticipate all of the obstacles, but I know that I'm probably going to run into other issues. That has been the perpetual um, environment with the portal is running into more and more issues than we did that we did not anticipate and we could not have anticipated um, prior to entering into the work. And so I think I'm really going to pull on my ideation. It's number seven for me. And so, and I don't think about it a whole lot because I do a lot of the same work a lot. So I don't necessarily always have the space to think outside the box, but I think really seeing and bringing that strength to the surface, because I'm sure there will be an issue that I didn't anticipate that I will need to solve within that tight space of time in order to turn it around. So the portal can be ready to go um, Friday morning um, for matches to begin meeting again. Your joy and excitement and dedication to the portal is just absolutely made. It's made it possible in a lot of ways and your strengths so show up. And I think about the way that, you know, I approach the portal and the success of the portal is so different than the way that you, you approach. I mean, I'm on the phone with the mentor trying to get their matches meeting. I'm trying to troubleshoot, like, what do they need so that it's easier to log on? And, and you're thinking about the back end and the, so much around the technology piece of it. I just, I'm very grateful for that test. And I, I look, think about when we chose our words, we didn't even know what kind of workload the portal would be. That word portal, um, we should have both chose that word. If words (laughs) choose us, surprised they didn't. Um, I'm going to go pretty deep, of course. Um, but my current challenge is I now have to figure out what I want my life to look like. <laughs> completely. In a completely independent um, freedom of choice space. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial it down like really, really small to say, how do I want to spend my time um, in a more meaningful way? I have a, a really um, a great friend who is walking a friend of hers through um, a really facing um cancer and she's my age and it's not a good prognosis and it's really it's really slapped the reality of the shortness of life in my face and I like to do a lot of things I like to go out and take pictures in nature and I love hiking and I love exploring but I don't feel like I've ever been more challenged by the intentionality of how I choose my time, how I choose to spend my time, where I choose to give my energy. And so my current challenge is being very specific about how I'm going to use my time and energy in the year ahead. Mm. So I am going to use my strategic in a very similar way, but I also want to harness a bit more of my connectedness Mm -hmm. to look at what what will be meaningful, what will matter, what looks like legacy, what looks Mm -hmm. like um, honoring other people, what looks like honoring the best of me. Yeah, I think you could also pull on your input too. I know you will naturally, but I think you're in a new space. I know you have connections where you're now living, but I think also it could be really life-giving to say what are the possibilities in general, right? What are hikes that I haven't heard of and what are um, places Mm -hmm. that I haven't visited, right? I'm sure you already did that when you knew you were going to be located in that space, but um, leaning on that input a little bit, right? Because that's a... um, uh, a widening strength, right? A, a, a breath strength. And then, um, 
you can utilize and pull on that strategic to say what are the things that I really want to accomplish, what are the things I want to do and experience and live fully within, um, because strategic then is that sorting theme that can be, mm-hmm. I think that's such a powerful blend that we don't lean into a whole lot, right? That you can you can spread yourself out and say, what is what are all the possibilities? What are all the resources? What are all the activities that I would love to do or that could be done in a very hypothetical sense? And then the strategic saying, okay, how do I then sort them to what's most suitable to me? what's going to give me the most life and what's going to be the best use of my time and my energy and my resources. Um, so that'll be, oh, that'll be good. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> I was like, okay, a little but, deeper, but I love the examples, right? Because it can be, you know, in a, in a purely strength perspective, it's taking a look at what needs to get done, um, yes. where you need to apply your themes, right? So a little bit of more my perspective, but then the iteration and example that you gave is let's take it to another level to say a large scale, who am I and what am I doing here in this space on this planet, in this universe, right? And then how can I apply my strengths in a meaningful way to figure that out? Because that is the life journey. It kind of goes back to David Shapiro's quote that I've mentioned many times, but how you spend your time and resources as a direct reflection of your priorities. And I think that's become very clear. I love it. I love it. Okay, so when we think about action items, I think a couple things. I would love for people's um, examples and for people to think about the aiming questions, right? What's something you're currently facing? What's going on in your life? What's a relationship that you'd like to work on that maybe has some tension? What's a challenge that's um, occurring um, or will be occurring in the future? And then how, you know, what are the opportunities for how you can more intentionally apply your strengths in that space, right? It's as simple and as difficult as that, right? That's the aiming process. And then secondly, I think I'd love to hear people's responses also to our questions about words of the year, right? Um, would you, you know, Ali's fun question, if you were able to unwrite, you know, unexperienced Lacking logic. It's okay. Lacking logic question. It's, okay. it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, a fun question, an interesting question. I just like, I, my brain can't quite conceptually wrap my head around it. But if you could choose your word over again, would you? And have you ever, or would you ever be open to the possibility of choosing the same word again? Same word of the year again. And if you want to, if you know your word for next year, we'd love to hear a little bit about that. We haven't shared our words with each other. Well, Allie hasn't decided hers yet. Her input is still processing all of mm-hmm. the possibilities. Her strategic mm-hmm. hasn't kicked in to sort and cull the list to the <laughs> one. Um, but that's a good place of applying your strengths um, and aiming your strengths. And um, I have chosen mine, but I wasn't sure what we want to do with that conversation. If we want to try and guess again um, or oh. where we where we want to go with it. So I will not reveal or inkle at all what my word is but you do know now one point of deduction that it is not hope because i did say that so we could do the guessing of the word on facebook live and we could ask for comments and live yeah live chat. okay they, and people could guess yeah people could guess along with guess you interesting. with okay. deduction and you know where how their strengths are showing up i think that would be lovely okay. except for it could be powerfully emotional but you know what i'm What's yeah. new with me? I've cried on the podcast before, whatever. You know, I don't really spend the time editing them, so be the same as if it's live on Facebook Live. So, okay, good deal. All righty. Well, I think this went successfully. Hopefully, the sound is uh, better for everyone as you're listening, and um, we're going to keep tweaking things so we can make it even better and better, knowing that long term we will not be in the same space recording episodes together. But I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode number 77 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed enjoyed today's conversation, we'd ask you to consider sharing this episode with a friend. That could be somebody in your accountability circle of aiming your strengths as well. Um, to interact with us and share the responses to the questions and action items we posed in this episode, one of the best ways to do that is to follow us on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time.